0: com. Well, here we are for a Stanley Cup Finals version of the Last Minute Blues podcast. Jeff Burton, former Blue Jamie Rivers, Donnie Fandango. Gentlemen, we are here. And unlike yesterday, I kind of feel like yesterday we were all kind of still enjoying and kind of, kind of, uh, you know, just sitting in the moment. But today it feels like the page is turned a little bit and it's time to get focused on the task at hand that's, that's starting on Monday and those Boston Bruins.
2: So, uh... Are you saying this real now? Is that I what you're mean, saying? It, it, it's
3: very real, and it feels like it. Donnie you know? just got hit in the head with a frying pan, right? Like, <laughs> it's like wait a minute, this
2: is real. <laughs> yeah, this is Whap. real. I can't imagine what the players are thinking. That yeah, absolutely. Cow.
3: Well,
0: Jamie, talk about that. What is what is the mind frame for the guys at this point? And are they back practicing today, or how much time did they get off between the series?
3: They they got yesterday off for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was great about that too is we saw them at the Cardinals game. You know, that was, it's it's great to see the support that. They're giving the Cardinals and the Cardinals show up for, you know, the big games for the Blues. But, yeah, yesterday was probably one of those days where Craig Ruby said, uh, get out of the building and just literally go think and do something else for 24 hours. And then when you come back, be ready to go. And so they practiced today, probably a light skate just to get on the ice, but they'll go over the booklet of Boston Bruins information. They'll have every breakout, every power play setup, every player, their strengths or weaknesses. Trust me. They will have everything that's even documented about the Boston Bruins so that they're ready to go. So, yes, it's back to work today, and their mindset's going to be it's go time.
0: Well, today, Jeff and I kind of thought the best way to go about this would be as kind of a, a bit of a preview. Uh, Jamie, how you kind of see
3: the series breaking down. So, wait a minute. You and Jeff, again, got together. Without me. We just and wanted to be prepared, yeah. Jamie. That's I all. I swear we didn't text without you. It lunch. I know you guys both have my number. <laughs> yeah. So it's really weird. It's, it's amazing, though, when you guys want me to buy lunch. It's like, hey, <laughs> hey, Riv. Yeah. Wait. We're running yeah. late.
0: Hey, man, you got that it's, NHL player in that background, yeah, man. I don't know.
3: The, the cash. We're about ready to get our check here it's, at uh, Applebee's. It's journey, man player from a long time ago that doesn't equal NHL or, or the paychecks they get this day
2: these what, what, what was the last year that you actually played professional hockey? I know it wasn't in the States, but... I would say
3: 2010, 2011. Damn, it's that, that
2: long ago I mean, already. I think,
3: it, I think it's like seven or eight years. And, and I, for, I could
2: be incorrect, but... For the people that don't know, here's today's nugget on Jamie Rivers. The man has died once. I remember that story. Yeah, and it was not even here in the States. And and we don't necessarily want to talk about you today, but quickly, (laughs) I wouldn't either. (laughs) It it wasn't Russia. Was it Russia? No, it was in Croatia. Okay, Croatia. Family flies over there. Uh, Family flies over there for the holidays. You are at practice. You get hit pretty hard. Uh, You come back to your place. They're all there. You put them on a plane to come back here, which is more than a half hour flight. And while they're in the air, you die on an operating room table.
3: Yeah, you got you know what he did a good job he got most of that story right yeah. which is good for Jeff Burton thank oh, you very much uh, but it wasn't at practice oh, wasn't. We're actually we're playing a game okay and uh, there's video of it on Google you can find it guy cuts through the middle of the ice and I hammered him with his head down his head hit me in the sternum area and I guess that's when my spleen burst whoa and but I finished the game Jeff mm-hmm. and because uh, you're a
2: hockey player it's because it's a
3: hockey guy that's yeah. right and then bust back after the game and then all the other stuff got the family on the plane yada yada but 24 hours later, I was, like, going into shock, like, bleeding to death internally. So it was pretty wild. Yeah, and
2: then – but, but I mean, further into this, you – from what I remember and thinking Croatia here, you, the operating room, you're – like, your pants, shoes, everything were still on, right? Like, they just <laughs> ripped everything open, exposed you, and, and got to work, oh my right? God.
3: They – I literally – I went in fully dressed, and they just kind of cut my shirt off and were starting to shave me down and get me ready. And I was still on the phone. Actually, I was talking to my wife who had landed in – I think it was – Uh, maybe Frankfurt or one of these places where she was getting ready to cross the ocean. And then when I woke up from it all, I was naked, head Mm -hmm. to toe, not nothing. Been there, been there. I was like, wow, this doesn't usually happen at the hospital. not in Croatia, (laughs) anyway. But yeah, so they had me on a steel table in the corner. I'll never forget it. And I got up to to move. And I obviously was like, ah, like some pain. I said some other things too along the way there. But they all stopped and looked at me and ran over and threw a pillow under my head, threw a blanket, hooked me up to everything. I didn't think any, anything of it at the time, but later on I realized they, they just thought I was dead. They, they thought you were dead that, and, push, and pushed was in you the corner, into the corner. Like, there was a dude like eating lunch on the table next to my leg.
2: Are you, are you comfortable his- showing the scar? Yeah. Have you dude ever seen the someone- scar? Holy cow. Right,
0: how
3: you
2: doing? Whoa.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they did a real good job. I think they had a rusty butter knife. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Which is a great band name, it by the way, great. Rusty Butter. Oh, that is a good band yeah, name. Yeah, playing Del Mar Hall. Dude, that is incredible. Yeah, we'll, we'll edit all this out.
3: So, Boston.
0: <laughs> that that, I, that but That is amazing. But well, I guess one of the things we could start with with the series this is- This all
3: started with, like, secret text chains,
0: Right, right, <laughs> right. Amazing. We have, know, we have a way of letting it go left, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, Boston has opened the series as an early favorite. Jamie, in our conversations, Jeff, in our conversations- it seems as though, you know, we feel like this is a little bit more evenly matched than maybe what the odds makers are saying. Why is Boston opening up as 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 the favorite as much as they are?
3: Well, they they're a real deep team. You know, they mm-hmm. they are, they have a uh, a couple of guys there who have championship pedigree that have won the cup before and you know, their their numbers right now are off the chart. Their playoffs have been incredible. Tuukka Rask is under a two goal a game goals against average. Their forward lines are clicking. Their penalty kill is good. Their power plays, I get 34%. Oof. So, you know, these all little things that make your team the favorite, at least on paper, heading into it. Now, counter argument to that is that I believe they've had a little bit easier road to the cup than we have. Mm-hmm. You know, they played Toronto, which was a tough series, but not, you know, a, a crazy tough series. And they had Columbus, which was kind of the same. Some talented guys, but not real deep. Carolina, which was the Cinderella story of everything, but, you know, they had gotten there probably one round too many, probably shouldn't have been there, so they swept them, and now they're in the finals, whereas the Blues have played, in, in my opinion, the three toughest teams over on the West. They've had to go through Winnipeg, Dallas, and then most recently here, the... I'm brain farting. The San Jose what? Sharks. San Jose Sharks. San Jose Sharks. <laughs> Why am I brain farting? I had the green on my head. and I'm like, I just said Dallas. I just said Dallas. But, yes, yeah, so the San Jose Sharks and Big Joe Thornton. I should have known. Looking at your beard, I should have right. thought about it. But, yeah, so we've had a much tougher road to the final than, than they have. So we'll see how that works. Are they well rested or are they maybe a little bit unprepared, not ready? Are we on our game? Are we ready to roll? Are we a
2: little tired? I'm not sure. Well, and you and you talk about the rest. How long have they been off? Thirteen days, something like that. It's it, A long time. And, wow, and my my que- yeah, my question here is when they when they clinched, Tuca Rask was quote unquote on fire. Is he is? Can a guy still be on fire, thirteen days later?
3: Yeah, th- that's the tough one, right? All of those guys, whoever was playing well at the end of the, the last series for the Boston Bruins, like who knows? It's not like the rhythm that you get into and you just keep going, and and it, all of a sudden you've had a great playoff. These guys have been off a long time. So the positive for that is any little injuries that they have will probably be gone by now. And they'll be ready that way to go health-wise. But you're 100% right. Like, are they going to come in with rhythm? Are they going to come in with that playoff mindset again? Can they ramp it up just like that overnight? I don't know. It's going to be tough to, to, to tell right away. But I do know the Blues are going to have to do what they do best. Get the puck in deep. Work the heck out of them down low get the pucks to the front of the net, and challenge these guys every single time. And if they're not ready, maybe we get up by a game early. I, uh,
0: I think I already know the answer to this question. I'm actually fairly certain I do. Uh, you know, one of the things that we talked about extensively during the last round was Martin Jones and his weaknesses. Does Tukarask Rask have any weaknesses? Is there, is there a book on him? I know what you do. You feed him some bad chicken the day before. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's really about all you
3: can do, right? Throw a little Visine in his water bottle, have him running back and forth from the crease to the potty yeah. but, there. But, see, but, I mean, this
0: guy is 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 one of the premier goalies in the National Hockey
3: League. Yeah, I uh, I haven't had a chance to dive into the numbers, which uh, I've had fun doing that the last couple yeah. of rounds of diving in and, and getting kind of a scouting report. Uh, but he's been... I don't want to say unbeatable, but he's been really, really good. I mean, he's dialed in. He, you know, He's making saves in the last series where he's not even moving, barely, and he's making breakaway saves. So this is as, as good as I've ever seen Tuukka Rask, but he hasn't played the St. Louis Blues yet. Right. And I don't think he's really been super tested on the road to the cup from the Eastern Conference.
0: Very good. Well, obviously, you know, one of the things in this storyline that has been... Uh, here, I'm going to just say this. Say it this way. Why has it got to be Bacchus? Yeah. Out of all the ex Blues, why does it got to be? Why does it got to be the the captain? Man, I have so much respect for that guy. I like him so much. It, 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 just why? Hey, <laughs> couldn't it be Eric Brewer? Who gives a crap? You know what <laughs> right, I'm saying? Right, right. But I mean, I think in, in having conversations with Jeff, what is what is David's role on the Bruins right now? Is it is it similar? And we talked about this to what Steen has done for the Blues and going down to that fourth line. Or can you can you kind of talk about that?
3: Yeah, I mean you guys nailed it, which is, I'm in shock. Actually, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, holy crap! But uh, yeah. yeah, I got Google too. Oh, wow, you overachieving <laughs> sons of gun, you. Um, but yeah, David Backus has accepted a lesser role. He's yeah. healthy, scratched a couple times throughout this playoff year, and. Yeah, he's much like Alexander Steen. He's playing on the fourth line. He's a big body. He ramps it up pretty good. The last series, he was really effective, you know, hitting guys and getting traffic to the front of the net. I think he's playing probably the best hockey he has all year for the Boston Bruins. And once again, because he's in the same situation as Alexander Steen, they've got forward depth. You know, David Backus is on your fourth line, which is like, wow, well, what do the rest of your lines look like, right? Right. So, yeah, it sucks that we have to play a guy that we, we grew to love here in St. Louis and that pretty much, you know, grew his NHL wings, so to say, here in in, their, in our great city. But guess what? Someone has to lose. Someone has to go yeah. away crying. And right now he's wearing the spoked wheel over there with the Boston
2: Bruins, so he can beat it. What, what do you think uh- – St. Louis's reaction is going to be to him when he comes. And I know he's played here as a Boston Bruin, but not in the Stanley Cup final. W- what happens? Do we reserve our love for him until after we beat them? Or do we give him a big round of applause when he comes out on the ice or no?
3: Yeah, no round of applause. No
2: round of applause. No,
3: no. Look, there's plenty of time for that after. In fact, Alex Petrangelo and David Backus are, are great friends. And so they, they had a little text conversation talking about how, hey, I love you now and I'll love you in two weeks. But uh, basically, it's go time. And Petro mentioned something, I guess, to the media today about that little conversation. And he goes, "Uh, I I hit send, and I haven't heard back yet from him. So he goes, so I guess it's already started.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The game face is already on. I mean, you
2: can't blame him, though, right? I mean, I do. that doesn't surprise me about David Backus. It really doesn't. No, it, it is what it is. And
3: I've said this a lot before, is there's some of my best friends in the game of hockey I've had to go and, you know, get after them in a game i've had to fight guys and then you're you know it's like hey i'll buy you a beer after the game but it's go time right, right now yeah. and that's the way it has to be these guys all grew up wanting to win a stanley cup everybody who plays the game this is the ultimate prize you're not going to risk the ultimate prize just because you want to be like buddy buddy with your right, you know right, you guy yeah. you're going to have He's a, a cocktail hard. with later right yeah like guess what he'll still have a drink with you later even if you put him through the boards right
0: Absolutely. And closing, just one more thing here to mention, uh, to to ask about. Brad Marchand um, is seemingly a gigantic—well, not gigantic—seemingly a pint-sized douchebag. Mm -hmm. What are the Blues going—you know what? But in saying that, that's not fair, because he's a tremendous player, and
3: I think that you can't No, no, what you said is fair. But he is a douchebag. He didn't say he was a bad player. How do
0: the Blues combat that? How do they— deal with that guy who
3: is going to be looking for it the second that game starts on Monday. He's a guy who thrives on the controversy that surrounds him, and so the best way to nullify that is just leave him be. Mm -hmm. You know, play him hard, put him through the boards every single time you can. Soon as the whistle goes, skate away.
2: Yeah, I'm glad you said that, and I'll let you continue. I'm going to let you finish, but he (laughs) He always says that. He seems like He seems like he dances around the whistles, like he gets his shot in right before the whistle or right after the whistle, which is the two times you can retaliate, and you're the one who gets the two-minute penalty.
3: Yeah, and it's the the retaliation, even if it's in the middle of the play, draws the attention of the refs, draws the attention of the cameras. Everybody zooms in for that, like, oh, what's he going to do now, right? Because Brad Marchand just did this. Just nullify him. Don't even give him the satisfaction. And I've played against guys like that a lot in my career, and the moment you don't give them their payoff – which is that extra attention or that frustration, then it starts to work the other way, where they're trying to ramp it up even more then. And if they're trying to do stupid stuff rather than score goals, that's a win sure. for us. Right? Yeah. So I would just, wouldn't would even engage. Play him as hard as you can during the shift and then skate away like a robot almost. That will drive him nuts. Instead of licking people in the face for this series, he'll be swallowing right. his own tongue in the corner going right. so freaking
2: crazy. And it might have been on, on your your gig with ESPN, but somebody mentioned uh, that not only does he get you to draw the penalty, but he, he, he lets you know about it as you're getting skated away with the referee.
3: Yeah, he's that kid that you just... Never get tired of punching in the face. <laughs> like seriously, right, yeah. like he's got a face that even a mother would punch. Right. It's almost like it's almost worth the two minutes. But that's what he
2: wants you to think.
3: I, it, it, well, that's for scoring goals. He's winning yeah, that way, exactly. right? So if you take a penalty on him or whatever, just don't even look at him. Just skate to the box. Don't acknowledge it because that's his fuel. And it's like the more you give him, the better he gets. So, but,
0: but, like, as a competitive person, like, I'm just thinking about being in, like, the throes of a game like that. Right. And you got that little a-hole, chirp, 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 and I don't know that it is in my DNA that I could not say something. Yeah, you know? but you
3: know what you do, Donnie, is you, you take that anger, that energy, and then you go and run Patrice Bergeron through the boards. Right. And you go after Jake DeBrusque. You go after some of these other guys. You go after David Posternak, and you rub his, Like, you do the Brad Marchand to one of them, and guess what's going to happen? then Brad Marchand is going to have to turn and come and come after you mm-hmm. because he's going to feel like wow this, these guys are going after my line mates you know i got to have to get in there now you're winning the battle
2: because you're, you're changing his role now. Flipping George. the script, yeah,
3: exactly. Wow.
0: Well, I can't wait to see this all go down. Mm-mm. Monday, game number one, Stanley Cup Finals, Bruins, Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. We will be back next week to uh, talk about what has transpired to uh, that particular point. Thank you very much for listening. Let's go Blues.